0: Hello, good people. Welcome back to another episode of the Josh Carr Show. Today, we'll be talking about Tucker Carlson. As always, the title sponsor of this show is, wait for it, Gulag America. A little bit more from them later. Today, we're going to be talking about Tucker Carlson. Now, really weird thing. I I don't know why I'm sharing this, but last night I was thinking about today's episode, knowing I was going to talk about Tucker Carlson. And I kid you not, I had a dream about Tucker Carlson in a Chick-fil-A and it was a really stressful dream because in the dream I was trying to get his phone number because I was trying to like do networking and connect with him and he kept saying it to me but he didn't want to say it loud because he didn't want other people to hear and I didn't get it and it was a very stressful dream. But anyway, so Tucker Carlson is on the mind. If you didn't hear, he was recently at a conference with many presidential candidates, including Mike Pence who we're gonna talk about today Mike Pence uh, basically got destroyed on stage by Tucker Carlson. We're going to actually show some of the clips of what happened today, as well as talk a little bit about his most recent episode on Twitter. But first, we're talking about Mike Pence. So Tucker starts off pretty chill. Um, His first question, he just kind of asked about Ukraine as well as so he talks about Ukraine, but religious liberty in Ukraine. Take a look at this clip.
1: Um, You recently met with Zelensky, according to news reports, and I'm wondering if during that meeting, as a prominent Christian leader, which you are in addition to your political views, you broached the question of his treatment of Christians within Ukraine. The Zelensky government has raided convents, arrested priests, has effectively banned a denomination, a Christian denomination, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church within Ukraine has persecuted Christians, and I wonder if you raise that. And championing religious liberty around the world. I'm confused. On this question, it's very clear that the Zelensky government has arrested priests for having views they disagree with. That's not consistent with religious liberty. It's an attack on it, and we're funding it. And I'm just wondering how is it, and I don't mean to be disrespectful at all, but I sincerely wonder how a Christian leader could support the arrests of Christians for having different views.
0: Okay, so for those of you who didn't know, Zelensky raided Russian churches. Wait, let me rephrase this. He raided Orthodox churches that were related to larger churches based out of Russia. So a lot of these churches, I mean, you think about like the Catholic Church, for instance. The Catholic Church might be a worldwide church, but they're based in the Vatican, right? And so the same is true for a lot of churches in Ukraine. They're in Ukraine, but they're kind of based out of Russia. And so a lot of people who are worshiping there are Russians. Uh, Or at the very least, their leaders are reporting to Russians. And so when this conflict with Russia started, Ukrainians were really concerned that these churches were intelligence agencies, which I think is a legitimate concern. But what Tucker was bringing up in that question is that essentially Zelensky went in and raided these churches and investigated about 850 people, which is a, I think, a legitimate human rights abuse potentially. Uh, one of the hallmarks of a democracy is having religious freedom, and so even in a time of war, it's kind of sketchy when the leader of your party or the leader of your country is raiding churches because they have you know similarities or connections to the enemy. I think it's like fair to investigate, but the raiding—my understanding is that the raiding was quite harsh. It's not like anyone was killed, but these churches were shut down indefinitely. Uh, some of them, I think, were just shut down. They're, uh, they were uh, suspended just for a short term, but I think a few of them were indefinitely shut down, which is pretty serious. Uh, this is the quote. This is a direct quote from Zelensky, according to Christianity Today. He said, "quote We will ensure complete independence for our state, in particular, spiritual independence. We will never allow anyone to build an empire inside the Ukrainian soul." So. I guess the the last sentence makes sense. I understand that on a certain level when you're at war, it is also a war of propaganda and information. But that first sentence is kind of freaky. He literally says, we will ensure complete independence, in particular spiritual independence. Which to me sounds like he's saying you do not have freedom to spiritually worship in the way that you want to worship. And that's where things start getting really dicey with Zelensky. Obviously, Tucker Carlson, as a Christian, has a big issue with this and was really freaked out. That's why he pushed Pence so hard. Um, This is also coming out of Christianity today. They said, quote, Alexander Webster, archpriest and emeritus professor of moral theology at Holy Trinity Seminary in New York, called it an outrageous ploy and objected strongly. Uh, Quote from him, silencing and arresting Orthodox clergy As dissenters and traitors ought to wake up America to the corrupt fascist regime in Ukraine. Zelensky and his cabal are no less brutal tyrants than Putin and his government. I don't know if I agree with that. That's kind of intense. But I think it's fair to say that Zelensky at this point is the president. He's trying to stay in power and that he's trying to protect his country. And so he's going to go at least as far as his incentive structure is concerned. He's going to go as far as he can in that direction. Like he's going to protect it at all costs. And so if religious freedom gets in the way of that, I could completely see Zelensky doing that. And so I don't know, I don't know if I have quite as strong of an opinion as the arch priest does, but I think there is some corruption going on and it should wake up America to what they're supporting Uh, as well as he brings up fascist regime in Ukraine. It's worth noting, and I still want to do another, I'm going to do a podcast on this probably later, maybe next week or something, but it is worth noting that a huge branch of the Ukrainian military is run by neo-Nazis. It's a similar situation to Russia where they have these branches of the military that are kind of uh, mercenary groups, and they happen to be a very large portion, and they are neo-Nazis. This is the justification that Russia originally gave to invading Ukraine in the first place. I'm not saying that is a justification for invading in any way, but characterizing Ukraine as fascist is in part actually true. And just at least for those of you wondering where that keeps coming from, that's where it comes from. It's coming from this group that are neo-Nazis. They're self-proclaimed neo-Nazis, and they are a prominent group in Ukrainian military. The, The tough issue... Like, it's a tough issue because of the fact that what Zelensky is doing makes sense for him. But everything that he's done so far in the last month or two is pointing towards democratic backsliding. Now, ba- democratic backsliding, if you don't know what it is, it's basically, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's when a country becomes democratized and then they start backsliding or they start sliding back. So they've stopped they've they've taken these democratic norms and they've kind of gently pushed them out little by little until it gets stronger and stronger. And there's two instances we see of this. So first off, we talked about it. One of the hallmarks of a democracy is uh, freedom of expression through speech as well as religion. And so we're seeing that Vladimir Zelensky is pushing him back against this a bit. We also know that a hallmark for democracy is elections, right? We have to have free and fair elections and for those of you who didn't hear, Zelensky has recently postponed their elections. They're supposed to be electing a new president right now. He has postponed them per, as per their constitution because they're under martial law. Now, again, this is within the, like, this is allowed. This is legal under Ukraine. So I'm not going to take such a step forward that I'm saying Zelensky is doing something illegal, but it should make the West pause for a second and think what is going on here. There are some. There is now an incentive, essentially, for Zelensky to prolong the war, because as long as he prolongs the war, he prolongs himself in power. Now, I don't know if that's totally necessary. I think my understanding is that his approval rating is quite high. I mean, his approval rating is high in America, and he's part of the reason why we have record inflation here, because we're printing money to send to him. But I think in Ukraine, he has pretty good support, and so if there was an election, he would probably be okay anyway. But it does, it should at least make people pause for a second and think, okay, he's postponing an election. Perhaps it is necessary for the next couple months, but we really need to keep an eye on that to make sure that nothing sketchy happens. Uh, because up until about two years ago, everyone and their dog knew that Ukraine was not a country to be trusted. Like, Ukraine has always been very corrupt. I mean, literally with, with uh, Donald Trump, there was talk of collusion between Ukraine and donald trump jr and so all of a sudden now that joe biden is in office and we're sending them tons of money ukraine is like this democratic stronghold yeah i'm not so sure about that they've definitely made improvements since breaking with the ussr but it should make people pause as Zelensky is postponing elections uh this this is sketchy um tucker continues on with ukraine uh, when he's talking to Mike Pence, it is it's pretty much his favorite issue right now. Like if you if he talks to pretty much anyone, he's going to be talking about Ukraine, and he is hard on it. Like he thinks we are we should get done with Ukraine, which I tend to side with Tucker a little bit more on this issue. But he pushes Pence back a lot on the aid that we're sending, and it gets pretty uncomfortable. Take a look at these clips. Project strength,
1: but. Let me say one last thing. we've run out of ammunition, so we're sending them cluster bombs. So because we've sent our ammunition to Ukraine, Mm -hmm. which has not yet won the war, whatever that means. No one has defined it. But... Isn't that prima facie evidence that we have become weaker militarily by our support from Ukraine, or how am I missing something? Well, we're for, out of ammunition, so we're sending cluster bombs. We've been telling them we'll train their F sixteen pilots, but now they're saying maybe January, we'll let somebody transfer some jets. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. Have you? I know you're running for president. You are, Thank distra- you. You are distressed. You are distressed that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Drive around, there's not one city that's gotten better in the United States, and it's visible. Our economy has degraded, the suicide rate has jumped, public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased, and yet, your concern is that the ukrainians a country most people can't find on a map who've received tens of billions of u.s tax dollars don't have enough tanks i think it's a fair question to ask like where's the concern for the united states in that
0: well it's not my concern okay so you can see from this clip tucker is like visibly upset i don't know if i want to use the word angry like he he doesn't really get that angry with people you can tell he's like sitting there like biting his tongue like he is upset that we have Mike Pence, who was the last Republican vice president, who is basically saying he doesn't give a crap about what's going on in the cities in the United States. He just wants to keep sending tanks and cluster bombs to Ukraine. He's visibly angry. At the same time, you can see Pence, who is also visibly upset. Like he is super uncomfortable during this whole thing. And he can tell, like, this is not going well. He, I honestly, I haven't watched a ton of Mike Pence when he was vice president, I thought he was pretty good. Like when I saw him speak, he just kind of spoke on the issues that, like it was pretty cut, cut and dry. It was like, yeah, he's a Republican. He's talking to issues that I appreciate because I'm conservative. But he was very politician-y, more than I've ever seen in this interview. If Go check out the rest of it. Like it's all over the internet. Just look up to her Carlson, interviews Mike Pence. It's super uncomfortable how like he was just the most politician guy I've ever seen. And you can tell he's at a loss for words because he starts breathing really heavy. He starts taking big pauses in between what he's saying, and he kind of just rambles off the same thing over and over again. So I guess, basically, this is what people are saying, and I really, I just don't, I don't disagree with what they're saying. Mike Pence is done. Like, if you look at him, he looks almost as bad as Joe Biden when he's speaking, truly. And that's crazy to say, like I know, Joe Biden is awful, but honestly, Honest to goodness, Mike Pence is awful during that interview, especially at the end. I mean, he's just at a loss for words. He looks like he's dead inside, like Tucker and Mike Pence don't look at each other, which I understand that you're playing to an audience, and so you can't just look at each other, but he's not even looking at the audience. He's like looking down into the right and just kind of like dead in the eyes and like it it sounds like he's saying something that his staff told him to say, and he's just saying it over and over and over again. His face looks kind of drained like. It looks like he's a half-dead person, much in the same way that Joe Biden looks when he's speaking. It doesn't really look like he's speaking from the heart. And it was pretty sad to see. So in my opinion, Pence's campaign is totally done as we know it. Uh, People who support Mike Pence really aren't supporting Trump at this point because Mike Pence and Trump's policy are pretty much the same. Mike Pence is just a little bit more of a a constitutional Republican than uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump is more, you know drain the swamp than Mike Pence. He's a little bit more of a uh, institutional Republican and there. And of course they, you know, they've said awful things about each other and what happened with January six. So Mike Pence in some polls is garnering four or 5% of the vote. I think it's closer to like two or three, to be honest, but regardless of what it is, pretty much 0% of that's going to go to Trump. There might be a few, but what's going to happen is his voters are going to get split between Vivek Ramaswamy and Ron DeSantis, who are kind of next in line and so i think pretty soon his polling is going to go even lower and we're going to see a bump to one of those two probably both of them a little bit of both and i wouldn't be surprised if mike pence is one of the first to drop out along with chris christie just because they're really not fighting for anything and people are just sick of those guys like those old washed up guys who really just have nothing new to offer as i said though before guys go check out the video yourself it's pretty good (laughs) like it's like a 30 minute video it's worth watching it really is it gives you a good understanding of what's going on in u.s politics and how both democrats and republicans are doing their fair share to aid ukraine in a way that in my opinion is simply ridiculous again that's a that's a question for another day but go check out the video it's really worth watching before we move on though i want to talk about the title sponsor of this podcast that's right it's gulag america today as you can see i'm wearing my favorite shirt again it says my pronouns are husband father and hero whoops bump the mic there for a second i'm not a father yet so it's just preparing me for when that happens i do want to say one thing about this shirt though really quick gulag america is an apparel company for those of you who didn't know gulag america this shirt that they sent me i wore camping last week and so obviously i had to wash it and i was really curious because i was like what's going to happen when i wash this shirt is it going to stay good is it going to get wrinkly you could tell me. I don't know if it's true. I'm pretty sure it is, though. I'm looking at myself. It looks about like it looks about exactly the same as when I wore it in the other podcast the other day. And so it turned out really good after washing it, which honestly is a hallmark of a good shirt. The collar is very even. It looks very good. The uh, the like uh, I can't think what's what it's called. The printing. The printing is still just as solid as it was the first time. This is really quality clothing, everyone. It's awesome. Why haven't you bought it yet? Use my code Josh Car10. It's in the link in the description down below at gulagamerica.com for 10% off their apparel. They've got shirts, they've got hoodies, they've got long sleeves for men and women. Awesome shirts for the best Patriots. Again, that's Josh Car10 for 10% off at gulagamerica.com okay so continuing with tucker carlson he released an episode on twitter now for those of you who didn't hear tucker carlson well okay you heard this everyone's heard this he was fired from fox news right there's some drama going on there honestly i'm not that interested in it probably won't even report on it but what he's doing instead now is he has a show on twitter now this makes a lot of sense because elon musk has personally given him his his guarantee that he's not going to take it down and tucker carlson says a lot of crazy things that a lot of people don't enjoy I love it. Most of it I agree with. Some of it I don't, but being on YouTube, there's a high risk that stuff's going to get taken down, unfortunately, especially, honestly, not even so much from what Tucker says, but from some of the things that, like some of the people that he brings on, he's just very much, uh, I'll talk to anyone, which I super respect. And so for that reason, he is doing it on Twitter because Twitter uh, just has a better free speech policy at this point. He had it was a two and a half hour long episode on Twitter. He had an episode where he just simply interviewed Andrew Tate. Now Andrew Tate is under house arrest because he was arrested for um, trafficking or for uh, like prostitution of women um, in Romania. He says he hasn't, he didn't do it. He was in jail with his brother Tristan for a while, and now he's under house arrest. And so that's where Tiger Carlson had to go in order to get the interview, but. The numbers were crazy for this. Andrew Tate is very famous. He's very viral. Tyreek Carlson is very famous, very viral. So when you stuck them together, it was crazy. Just on Twitter, just on Twitter, not the people who reposted it to Instagram or YouTube or Rumble or all these other places. He got 92.3 million views on this video. Whew. That's crazy business. And, and, and let me just say, this was posted just the beginning of the weekend, so plenty of time for more views. It will easily surpass 100 million, no question. This is just on Twitter again. Just to give you some context, the Super Bowl this last year got 99 million views. 99 million. He got 92.3. That video was almost as famous as the Super Bowl. That's, that is crazy business. They talk mostly, I want to talk a little bit about what I like about Andrew Tate, what they talked about. And then I'm going to show some clips that kind of show what I don't like about Andrew Tate as much. But first off, they talked a lot about masculinity with Andrew Tate, which I really appreciate. Here's a little clip about that and what they talked about. If you were a man, especially, and this is what I talk about, I talk about masculine issues. If you're a man who was born and you decide to do exactly as you're told, you're going to end up depressed, in debt, working a job that you hate with a wife who doesn't respect you, with kids who don't listen to you, in a house you don't own, until you she leaves you, and then you contemplate suicide a while, and maybe you might find some purpose towards the end, enough to survive and pay your taxes, and then you're gone. Okay, so this is a good thing. We need to bring masculinity back. It's one of, in my opinion, it's one of the central problems that is collapsing our society that's turning woke. When you have men that have duty, and they have like ingrained in them, In nature, certain norms and ways are supposed to act because of not just the culture, but what is inside of us. Even if you take God out of it, it is in our nature, with God, then it's way more important. But there are certain duties that make a man masculine. Wokeism and progressivism is trying to strip men of that. It has to. If they can't do that, then they're not going to be able to achieve their agenda. Andrew Tate talks about these things. He talks about how people need to men need to be masculine again. They need to work out. They need to be fathers, they need to be providers. They need to like they need to have the capacity for aggression. That's something that Jordan Peterson says a lot. When you have the capacity for aggression, you're actually useful. It it works both ways. You need to be able to suppress that at the right moments. You can't just be aggressive. But if you don't like, if you don't have the capacity for it, you're useless. Why would a woman ever want to walk down a street with you if you didn't at least have the capacity for aggression? If you can't protect her, you're not worth having around. A woman is great on her own, uh, but for the most part, if a woman has a man next to her, she's gonna be a lot more safe in public than if she were to walk down the street at night by herself. I mean, that's not that's not a controversial opinion. Women don't go out at night by themselves. They might consider it if they had someone who is capable of aggression with them. What Andrew Tate is talking about is bringing this back, and this is absolutely essential. What he's talking about here is that if you become emasculated, your odds of suicide way higher, your odds of going to jail way higher, just the chance that you will be stripped of your purpose in life way higher, and life is going to suck for you. You've heard this expression before. I'm paraphrasing. It's probably not the exact way it said, but... Basically, strong men create easy times, good times, which create weak men, which create hard times, and then those hard times create strong men again. So we're in this cycle, and I believe it's a, I'm optimistic, I think it's a cycle. I think we're gonna come around again. No question right now, we're in hard times, okay? Those hard times were created by weak men, which is what we're seeing right now. Men that like to dress as women. But luckily, weak or hard times create strong men. And so the hope is that people will start to galvanize behind these masculine traits and they will become strong men in this difficult time. Um, I want to play another clip really quick about what I like about Andrew Tate. Uh, it has to do with accountability. Take a look. I'm wrong. How can I learn from this? Where, did, where is my part to play in this? What did I do? Because my actions are what I have the most control over. I have self-accountability for everything. If a woman doesn't want to sleep with me, I don't sit and say, ah, women are
1: this way, society's that way. I just sit and say, okay, why? What can I change?
0: Okay, so one of Andrew Tate's big shticks is that he loves accountability. It's huge for him, and I believe, like, I'm going to talk about this in a second. I don't love Andrew Tate as a person, but this is by far his most noble trait, the thing I like about him most. He just talked about being imprisoned for something that he claims he didn't do. Now, I'm not gonna say whether he did it or not, but let's say that, I mean, he believes he didn't do it, so we'll go along that line of thought. He even said that he has responsibility and is taking accountability for that, too. That is the way to live your life. That's what we should strive for in ourselves so that we can become better and better. It leads to a better life. It leads to success, and it's what we should demand from our leaders. That is the biggest problem. I, I mean, honestly, if I could go off of one th- like one thing that I would use, to choose who I'm voting for. It's do they take responsibility? It's the reason why I can't vote for Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the king of not taking responsibility. He's like a 13 year old boy. He blows up a dumpster and he tells us it was his friend's fault. Like he he won't take responsibility. Vivek Ramaswamy and Ron DeSantis, on the other hand, they they at least they're claiming they're going to take responsibility and they haven't lied to us so far. Perhaps they'll prove me wrong and I won't support them anymore. But this is something that I really love about Andrew Tate and his life, even though he hasn't gotten there in the way that I think is ethical or what you should do, his life, he's become very successful as a result of taking responsibility for his life, whether it comes to sports, his career in kickboxing, or in business. Now, really quick though, I, I've talked to, i talked, I wanna be fair to Andrew Tate, I'm saying what I like about him, but what I would rather people take away is i do not believe that conservatives should be rallying around andrew tate liz wheeler if you don't know who liz wheeler is she's awesome look her up she pointed this out i'm going to read the tweet that she she just tweeted about him there's been a few she's been going back and forth it's a little bit of a long tweet so bear with me she said this welcome to all the andrew tate bros in my mansion in my mentions i see you let's get some things straight it's not just women that tate seduced he seduced a lot of you bros too here's how In our culture, it's almost shocking to say that masculinity isn't toxic, it's a gift. True masculine strength allows men to protect, provide, procreate, to be the leader of your family that God intended you to be. Sacrificially loving your wife like God loves us all, shepherding your bride and your children to heaven, that masculine strength begets real respect. Okay, awesome so far. Honestly, I think Andrew Tate would agree with that. This is where she kind of goes off on it. But our culture attacks men. That's bad. I understand the frustration when society tells you you're evil just for being a man. But why follow Tate who leads you away from the man God made you to be? Why listen to a small evil con man who tells you to be a man? You must be materialistic, exploit and dominate women, consume pornography and worship yourself. Just because he's the first person you've heard tell you that men aren't bad. Tate claims people respect him, but they don't. Respect is begot by standing by your principles. Respect is an anarchy where the physically strong dominate everyone else. Strong words from Liz Wheeler. This is the part that I agree with the most and the problem with Andrew Tate. She says, why listen to a man who tells you to be a man, that a man must be materialistic, exploit and dominate women, consume pornography and worship yourself. Those are the principles that Andrew Tate talks about. He literally became wealthy from OnlyFans, which is a pornography website. He got rich through porn so conservatives out there i understand he's talking about a few principles that you really like and so it's fair to give him credit where credit is due it's fair to say those principles are awesome but do not buy into the thing that just because he's being attacked by the left we have to defend him with everything we have we do not have an allegiance to andrew Tate. conservatives have an allegiance to certain ideas that we know are true and eternal and if andrew tate happens to bring up those those certain principles, great. Defend them. But do not defend a man who's become rich through pornography and, as Liz Wheeler pointed out, uh, dominates women and says to worship yourself. Look, I I understand that OnlyFans is consensual, so I'm not saying that this is like as bad as sex trafficking, which we've talked about in the past. I'm just saying it's not an ethical way to make money. Happiness does not come from money. It comes from duty. This is one thing that Andrew Tate doesn't get right. I mean, if you listen to what he says, he may occasionally say the right thing, but most of the time he's saying that happiness comes from sex and money. That is just not true. Conservatives don't believe that. If you believe that, you're really not a conservative. You're a materialist, a humanist. Those principles are in direct opposition to conservatism. And so don't buy into those things when Andrew Tate says them, Liz Wheeler is absolutely right. It's okay to pick apart certain things that you like, but don't blindly follow them. Again, I talked about this the other day. But somehow, on the conservative side, or on, the, on both, when someone attacks someone, the other side rushes to their defense. It has to be like a either or. You can't have two sides that don't like someone. It's like someone attacks Andrew Tate, the other side's gotta come to his defense. Someone attacks Donald Trump, everyone on the right has to defend him. Someone attacks Joe Biden, everyone on the left has to defend Joe Biden. Instead of just looking at what happened, and deciding, is this legit or is this not legit? Once again, I I just don't understand why Andrew Tate would be, we don't want him to become the face of the conservative movement. I think that's really dangerous. There are a lot of people, a lot of independents that will be really turned off from that. And so I encourage all the conservatives to go out there and look at what he's really saying. What he's telling you is to worship humanism and materialism, which are Marxist, philosophies at their heart. And so it bewilders me why conservatives would ever support that in the first place. Regardless though, I appreciate the fact that Tucker Carlson interviewed him. He agreed with a lot of things that Andrew Tate said that I just am not a fan of. And he's talked about Andrew Tate before on the full send podcast. And I totally disagreed with him then I made a video about it, but I appreciate Tucker Carlson and his willingness to interview different people. I plan to do the same on my show. Thank you so much for watching everyone. As always, this show was sponsored by Gulag America so please check them out gulagamerica.com use my code joshcar10 for 10% off As always as well please subscribe down below comment let me know what you think about Tucker Carlson Andrew Tate and Mike Pence see ya